Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Okay. Wait to do the Dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you live, as always, from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co-host, calling all the way in from Charm City, my pal, Odell Norman. What is up, Odell? What's going on, man? Enjoying this, uh beautiful weather here today. It's been gorgeous the last couple of days, man. Yes, amazing, amazing out. Hey, so we've been doing this. You've been on here helping me with the show, I think about three months now. Do you think the fans know where Charm City is by now? If they don't, I, I hope they've looked into it. <laughs> well, of course, baseball season's about to start, so you'll, you'll hear me start talking about the Orioles here and there, so they'll probably be like, oh, Baltimore, okay. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, I had a couple people comment when um, we had the first episode, and they were like, I've never heard of Charm City, and I thought that was fairly yeah. well known. <laughs> I thought so, too, but, you know, it, it's one of those things. All right, lurking in the shadows is the Maven domestic and producer and my editor and a thousand other multitasking wonderful things. <laughs> the... What's up? Oh my gosh! You oh my gosh! Fun, um, making fun of my mom before we went on live. <laughs> now I love your mom. You know I love your mom, and I probably of all of the people that you could possibly know, I probably have the most innate ability to tolerate and support her no matter what, because my mom, too, is a lover of Cocoa Puffs. Um, but, no, I, it used to be a thing. When I first met her, I honestly was afraid to sit down anywhere in her apartment because she's very, very OCD, and she has yes, to have yeah. everything just so. And I was like, but I don't want to sit down because then she's going to have to clean the chair. You know, I'm like... <laughs> I wanted to bring yeah, sure. Joe into this because we always have like 10 minutes before the show starts and we're all gabbing back and forth. I just thought it was funny because it's like, hey, your mom's crazy because she does this. Oh, you don't know the half of it. Nick's mom does this. Five seconds until <laughs> air time. All right, everyone shut up and get professional. Stop talking shit about Nick's mom. Stop you don't know how to be professional. That's, I mean, 
Like, really, like, I mean, we've talked to some really, really cool people throughout the four shows that we do. Um, and it's been really, really wonderful. And, like, I really loved getting to talk to, like, people that I grew up watching, like Jamie Farr. That's probably one of my favorites. Of course it's one of my favorites. Um, and, and it's great. But I learned through talking, probably through talking to John Lear, um, that everybody is just, we're all just people, man. It's like, yep, dude, it. yeah, you can be professional and all that when it's called for, but this is not that setting. Like, no, yeah, you want to do things right, but, but <laughs> you know, the, the, the most well, important thing is to just enjoy yourself. We're just talking about how crazy our mom is with no introduction, and they're like, what the, is this no. Dr. Phil? What the hell did I just, no. like, tune into here? Like, we have to keep no, but we, we are entertained. Yeah. Yeah. The format or something. All yeah, right. Yeah, Why don't you tell everybody who we've got coming up on the show, my little Maven domestic? Of course. Aside from today, because we'll, we'll get back today in just a second. Um, aside from today, though, this Sunday we have from Warrior Soul, we've got Corey Clark coming back on the Ignorance Equation, and we're actually talking politics with him this time. We're going to have what, medium high. Let me jump in. Mm-hmm. What did we get in the mail from Corey Clark the other day? Oh, yes. we Apparently, Corey Clark, in addition to being an awesome writer and musician um, with Warrior Soul, he's also a painter. And we got oh, wow. a pretty – yeah. It's um, it's a huge canvas that's going over one of the sofas that we have. And it's the Greek flag. And what did I, we say it said? Um Anarchy. Love and anarchy. No, it was love and love and apathy. Love and apathy. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and it, it's awesome. I mean, like I would totally expect to see it hanging in a gallery, but instead we have the awesome fortune to have it hanging in our house. So yeah, he's he's really really talented. Totally check out uh, Corey Clark's paintings. They're they're fabulous. Um, anyway. Getting back to it, uh, Sunday we've also got on Kettle of Fish, we're going to have Heidi Hewlett, super funny lady. Uh, and we are going to have, I, I know you guys have been so dying for Friday Night Drunken Trivia, as have I. Uh, we've had a couple of issues. Um, one a guest had to back out rather suddenly, no big deal. Um, it happens, we have lives. And we've got comedian Hakeem Combs coming on. Uh, then All we've right. got. Uh, Brainy Posey, she is coming on Kettle of Fish, very funny lady as well. We've got Alex White of White Mystery, who we've spoken on before, but she's actually coming on the music show. Yes, so she's going to be on the music show this time. Alex is one of my favorite people to talk to, and I'm not going to say like favorite. I won't put her as favorite guest because I don't want to offend any other guests, but as far as just Mm -hmm. fluently talking to somebody, even if we weren't doing the show, he's one of my favorite people to have a conversation with. Right, Odell? Very easy guy. Oh, my gosh. It was great. The the 20 minutes that we talked to her that one time went by, so I was like, man, that's it? Can we we keep it? Can we just talk? Time flies, man. Um, and then we're going to have comedian Rebecca Lee come on uh, for a weekend, actually. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have uh, Mormazine come on. Uh, that's going to be on our up- an upcoming music show. Our buddy Rob Christaint is going to play some drunken trivia. Ben Stewart from Songhammer is going to play trivia. Uh, comedian Chris Mohan is coming on. Um, comedian Christine Barger We've got Steve Trash, who is the first upcycling 
magician I've ever seen, and uh, from all kinds of shows um, on an upcoming Kettle of Fish, we have actor who I guarantee that if you're under the age of 80, well, okay, let's say under the age of 60, you've seen a movie with Mr. Sean Whalen, and he is going to be on uh, coming very soon. Uh, and then let's see, we've got the 100th episode coming up. We're definitely going to have John Lear on there, William Sanderson, Rachelle from King of the Nerds. Um, a lot of our previous friends, we are also giving away a super-duper kettle of fish prize pack. If you are at all interested in getting really cool swag and fishy things and or a kettle, um, then I <laughs> highly encourage you to go to facebook.com slash show. Yes. This is swag. Not also are we going to find crazy fish-related items. We are getting swag from a bunch of previous guests. I just got my first package mm-hmm. in the mail the other day. Yes, All and right. I'm super excited about that one. I was yay, swag. But I am, because it is for the Kettle of Fish show, um, which, remember, that's facebook.com slash KOF show. Um, because it is Kettle of Fish, I am going to find a kettle. And it is going to be in the box, and it is going to have fishy items in it. Not actual fish, but fishy things. You might want so to put something in the box that it's a kettle. That way the bomb squad's not opening up when it when UPS drops it off on some, like, unexpected right. prize winners this to work. This is a kettle. Uh, no, we will announce that actually on the 100th episode, Who Wins. Um, you can enter between now and then, and there are ways for you to enter every single day. And we highly encourage that. Um, and then in about two weeks, I think, I think um, Saucy and I are going to have to head over to uh, Knoxville. We're going to hit Market Square, and probably we, we'll probably end up doing some kind of live remote, or at least a remote that we can play later. Um, our buddy Caleb Sinan is going to be over there doing some stand-up. Um, if you missed him on Conan, please look up Caleb Sinan Conan because he's a super-duper funny guy. Uh, he's, it just so happens he's going to be over here in a couple of weeks. So and we'll check, out make sure our that. New, check out our new podcast site for Kettle of Fish yes. on Lipson. He was our last guest. Uh, the easiest way to do it is probably to go to the Facebook page and go from there. But you can look up the Kettle of Fish show on your Libsyn app. Um, and uh, I mean, you, of course you could find it on iTunes, but you know, if you're like me, it's either Apple or Android and I'm an Android girl all the way. So I'm an Android girl, but I'm a, I like Android. <laughs> yes. I, I'm you an Android like girl. Android um, I actually, uh, not I too like long Android ago, I actually girl. did. Girl. <laughs> I bought, um, an iPhone for myself. I going to get my daughter a new phone. And they had one, and I was like, oh, well, I'll, you know, I need a new phone anyway. Um, so I got the iPhone 5 and or the 5S or whatever, why that's special, I don't know. Um, I could have gotten a 7, but I'm too cheap for that. So I went for the 5, and I held it, and I played with it for about five minutes, and I'd actually already purchased this thing. And I'm sitting out in the car playing with it, and I'm like, Oh my God, I really hate this thing. <laughs> so I had to take it back, like not even 15 minutes after I checked out. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like this. Give me the other one. <laughs> Give me the Android. 
(laughs) I'm sorry. I really like the Galaxy series. I really hate iPhones. So maybe there's some apps I can't play, but you know what? I'm I'm good. Uh, No, we've got lots and lots of really cool stuff coming up. I know. Well, who do we got coming up today? Oh, of course. How can sorry, I even? Sorry, sorry, we're just running no. a little behind on time here. No, you're good. I have, I absolutely haven't forgotten. So, uh, we have got from SLC Punk Two. Um, I'm sure most of you folks out there grew up watching SLC Punk. Well, now there's a two um, yeah. to catch up with everybody. This really was cool, and it's not some kind of American Pie sequel bullshit. It, it's actually really good. I watched it, and that's saying a lot. And I, I watched it, and I paid attention, and I liked it's it. Great. So there you go. It is great. Um, but today we are having writer, producer, director, everything, or he's kind of like me, but the guy version. Uh, no, we're having James Miradino. He's going to call in in just a little bit. And surprise, everybody, uh, James, a.k.a. Jimmy DeVal, is going to call in, too. And yeah. I can just about guarantee that if you're under the age of 50, you've probably seen him in a movie, too. Um, well, I'm sure most of the people <laughs> listening tonight are SLC Punk fans, and he is John Namad. Real John quick, Namad. before we get those guys in here, there's something I wanted to bring up to Odell that I looked up today. So I had seen this okay. concert footage recently with Blondie, and I was right. a little bit saddened because she just didn't have it anymore. And yeah. I, I looked up a list of bands, rock bands, that are still performing. First, let me ask right. you this, Adele. When, do you think anybody should ever walk away? Or do you think you should just keep doing it? Even if you don't have that same spark, you should keep doing it as long as you're breathing. If you love it and and and, and you still want to do it, I don't see a problem with it. I saw Blondie, uh, wow, now, now that you say it, Nick, it's been probably – about ten years ago, and 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 I guess my it was it was really good. It was at, I think it was the HF Festival uh, about about nine ten years ago, and it was that I mean it was it was really good. But I'm so used to seeing Deborah Harry, you know, the younger version of Deborah Harry on everything and right. on images and, and pictures that when you go and see her at the time, you're like, okay, yeah, I totally forgot. Sort of like my son when we went and saw Star Wars. And the first time he saw Luke Skywalker, he looked over at me. He was like, "Man, Dad, Luke's old." And I, you know, I'm <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and yeah, for like, him, uh, we all are. For him, yeah, yeah. For him, the only images he has seen of Luke Skywalker was the movies. So he didn't realize that you know, thirty some odd years have passed and 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 people age. So, um, yeah, I saw I saw uh, some concert footage of her. And actually, Dolly Parton not too long ago, and it was like, man, they're still up up there doing it, and people were absolutely enjoying it. It's it's definitely not the same, but um, if you still love it, I don't see why why not. It keeps you young. At least that's what well, I, I, I just remember years ago. I used to sell magazine subscriptions, and somehow we ended up in this field at a Steppenwolf concert. And I mean, this oh, wow. was this was in the mid nineties. So those guys, you know, this wasn't like today, but those guys were still kind of an old hat back then. And all that was there was like all these biker guys. And the backstage was a plank of wood going across the little stream with one guy standing there. 
And it's like they would play Magic Carpet Ride or Born to Be Wild, and those are the only two songs that I that are on my radar by them. I was never an uh, avid Steppenwolf fan, and all the bikers right. are dancing and flipping out. And my boss Janine, she like was like, "Hey, let's go try to meet the band." And she got back, or they wouldn't let me back. And she ended up hooking up with their manager. <laughs> And I just remember, like, thinking, like, what a surreal experience this is because we just stumbled. We had no idea. We were just driving around after we had done our job for today, and we just kind of stumbled into this weird benefit, chili cook-off, Steppenwolf show at, like, a community center in some neighborhood. (laughs) It was freaking weird. All right, let me read you this um, list of bands. Tell me if you are surprised that they're still around or even alive or if you're not surprised. Sticks. Okay. Sticks. Are you surprised Sticks is still with us? No, because I, I I always see their ads here and there, them doing something. All right, all right, fair enough. D and um, let me know as soon as we've got both of the Jameses on the line. Mm-hmm. I'll do this until they call in. Um, Crosby, Steel, Nash. I didn't know they were still around. I didn't know. I I I didn't know all three of them were still around. I'm sorry. To and these say. are bands that are currently <laughs> touring and putting out music. Wow. Yeah. Steve Miller band. That, that I I didn't know. I see them. I, you know, I live next to Meriwether, so a lot of these bands, you know, they they do the big they do the big summer, uh, the summer events at the like Meriwether Post or Nissan Pavilion or whatever it is now. But well, I had that album like some people call me the Space Cowboy and like time keeps on slipping. Like yeah. I had that yeah. album. And I remember yeah. when I was um, a kid, because I got that album when I was a teenager, but I remember when I was a lot younger, that song Abracadabra, but I never knew it was a Steve Miller band. I, I and neither, then did when I, neither did I. Right. And I saw the video years later, and I was like, wait, wait a second. This is the Steve Miller band? This doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. What? Like, it didn't even register. Um, all right. How about <laughs> the Almond Brothers? They're still around. Um, I didn't know. I uh, uh, I didn't know they were still uh, doing it, but I get them confused a lot of times with Leonard Skinner. Is, is that bad? I know. <laughs> no, I, I have the same problem. Well, you know, here's a band that's been around since 1961. I, I didn't even know they've been around this long, which is crazy. Okay. okay. Radar Love. Who sings Radar Love? Oh, I know the song. Um, we got a song. Oh. Radar love. Who is it? Golden Earring is still around. 1961, that band started. And they're still with wow. us. Here's See, they're another like, good they're one. Pro- they're that probably like Bob Seger. They're probably just like Bob Seger, and they just do that song just like Bob Seger does Bad to the Bone like 50 million times. I guess. <laughs> These guys <laughs> live in probably jars of formaldehyde, and they just let them out to come on stage. I remember Pat up. told me he went to a BTO concert and they did like a 20 minute version of Taking Care of Business because that's like the only song yeah. people know by him. So it was like 20, yeah. 30 minutes. He was like, it was my own personal hell. My girlfriend dragged me to it. It was like 20, 30 minutes of just playing on a loop, taking care of business because they had nothing else to do up there that anyone <laughs> cared about. Um, okay, let's see who else is on here. Lover Boy, remember them? Loving every minute. Oh, all man. That. Wow. Here's a good one. Earth, Wind, and Fire are still around. Unfortunately, I don't know if they're going to still be around because their front man passed away a couple months ago. Really? About a month ago. Yeah, he just died. He he literally passed. Between David Bowie and all that stuff, he he passed too. He was one. And um, so I don't know if they're going to – 
I don't know what they're going to do, but I know he just passed. He literally just passed. All right, got a couple more here. Blue Oyster Cold. Remember Don't Fear the Reaper? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't know they were still around. Surprise. Okay. Um, Deep Purple. I actually saw them with um, Ronnie James Dio and the Scorpions. And once again, it's like they let these guys out of formaldehyde. The guy from the Scorpions. Same dude, same outfit, same. Like, he was like, hello, Norfolk, are you ready to rock it? And they just, and oh, the no. crazy thing was, I saw, I hadn't listened to the Scorpions in 20 years, and I still knew every song they played. And I was like, don't <laughs> these bands want to write anything new in the last, like, they just live <laughs> off those same, like, six or seven hits, like a band like the Scorpions. They have six or seven well-known songs. And, yeah, as a musician, yeah. I would always want to push myself. I wouldn't want to just play office politics for like 20 years. I, I would 20 years. rip my hair out if we had to play FBI <laughs> guy for 20 years straight. That would be crazy. <laughs> so, okay, let's see what else we've got here. We have got Jeff Beck still around, Fleetwood Mac, of course. Wow, um, yeah, yeah, I know that. Here's a big one, the village people. I, can, I know it can't no. be. No, they can't be the same people. I think as long as you know one what? village person is left, they can call themselves the village people. I bet it's yeah. one of those things like Minuto was. Like, they would switch out kids once they turned, like, 17. They'd be like, oh, no, you're too old. Kind of like Mickey Mouse yeah. clubbing, clubbing it. Yeah, yeah, It's probably like So it's kind of like a construction Because I, I can't imagine the original person dancing around in the headdress and, with the feathers. You know what, Dee? You, know you know It might be just like, it might like, be like really. one of them. It might be one of the village people, and then their son, or, well, actually, no, I don't know if they have kids, but <laughs> I'll just leave that alone. But um, it would, um, you know, I think the Temptations and those type of bands do it, too, where they have, like, maybe one person left. And they get a bunch of different people, and then they, you know, we're we're still gonna go by as the temptation. Well, I'm well, wondering if the village people do that too. I'm wondering if they've updated their image so it's more modern. So instead of like a construction worker, they have an IT guy, and instead of a Native American, they have like a Muslim dude. Do you think that's how it's playing <laughs> out with the village people? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. They still they would still have the sailor. <laughs> yeah, the sailor would still be there. All right, um, we've got James Mernadino on the phone and James Deval. I hope I'm not butchering their names. I'm terrible with names. Um, who played, of course, John Namad. So we've got both of the Jameses on the line. Before we get them in here, we always like to talk about why we have the guest on. Right. So, right. Odell, what did SLC Punk mean to you? Because I know, well, I'll get to how it kind of changed my perspective on things. But what did it mean to you, SLC Punk, the first time you saw that? Which that movie came out, I think, ninety. 798, something like that. 97, 98, yeah. I was, uh, I was just getting out of college, and I was big into the punk scene. So, And I was a big um, uh, Matthew Lillard fan as well. So oh, yeah. See that, it, was, it was one of those movies where I, I, I initially didn't know the name of it. I was at a friend's house, and they had, a, they, had a, uh, they had it, and I was just watching it. I was like, this movie's great. And, and at first it was because of the music. I was just like, man, the music's awesome. And then... A lot of the topics that they were talking about, I, you know, I was, I was actually a little young. I was only like ten when, you know, eighty-five or so. I was ten or eleven. So, but I remember a lot of those topics being hit, and I was just like, man, this movie is great. So I remember going home, and um, and it actually was one of those things where you see it one time, and then 
it just so happens that it's on uh, cable. So I was able to watch it over and over again, and I just fell in love with it. I, I thought the plot was great. I thought the, the story behind it was excellent. It was funny. It was insightful. And to this um, day, I still say that was one of Matthew Lillard's best roles. That role they, at the end of the movie, when he finds Bob yes. dead, that is probably the, one of the best scenes he's ever done. And I'm not just saying yeah. that because I've got James on the a, phone and, there. And I think, yeah, and I think he's a very, I've always thought uh, he was a very underrated actor. Anyways, he, a lot of movies he carried, you know, and, and like, for example, Scream, I thought he, he carried that movie. So um, to see that, it was so... The, the way my emotions were turned in that movie from straight laughter to like, oh my gosh, to, to anger, to everything. That movie, I always tell my friends when um, they always, when we talk about movies and stuff, I'm, I'm, I always say SLC was one of my all time favorites. Um, uh, uh, like Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused, of course. That, yeah, that I could just put in and watch over and over and over and over again and not get tired of it. And um, so, yeah. It, Definitely. Well, let me tell you, besides it having the impact on me, I'm sure it had on anybody younger in the punk scene. I think we were about in our mid-20s, early 20s when those, when that movie came out. Yeah, I always yeah, used definitely. SLC Punk. I bought it. Like, I rented it, and then as soon as it went on sale, I went out and I bought it. I think I got off deep discount, yep. ordered it, yep. and I always used it as a litmus test for dating. I was like, all right, if I'm going out on a date with a girl, second, third date, bring them home. Put on SLC. Great. They're kind of like, oh, these dudes are like are fucked up. What's like? Then I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work out. But they're like, yeah, this is cool. And I'm like, okay, well, now you kind of know what you're buying into. You know what the product okay. of Big Cat Soul What is. was my reaction the first time wow. I saw SLC Punk? Because I, I don't remember. I think you were just kind of indifferent to it all. But you're, it takes yeah, a lot like to that. kind of fire your engines up. You're, you're kind exactly. of the person to ignite. Well, you know, every time I see it, I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, I grew up with people like this. Yeah, all right, this is a normal weekend. Which point? Let's go. And, and if you know, yeah, us born yeah, around Odell, and, and, <laughs> yeah, like going to Frostburg and all those um, road trips, it felt like you. We would watch that movie and be like, this is like a reflection of our life because this we knew this yeah, era exactly. So, all right, let me get James and Jimmy in here. D, so it's James. I'm so terrible. James and Jimmy. James Maradino. Yes. That's how you say it. And I'm Jimmy, the one who pronounces everything. And yes. Jimmy DeVal. DeVal. Okay, not DeVal, but DeVal. Let me get him in here. Yes. No, it's DeVal. <laughs> Is it DeVal? However you can remember it. That's good enough for me that you remember it's, it It's, well. it's Jimmy <laughs> D. There you go, Jimmy D. Jimmy D sounds too downhold, downhold country. We know a lot of Jimmy D. No, no, it's, 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 it's MC Jimmy D. Oh, okay. there you go, man. Now you spiced it up with some verbal <laughs> bling. He, like he's, he's one of the newest <laughs> members of the village people. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm going to that concert. Federation. Hell yeah. yeah. You didn't know he was one of the village people? Yeah. <laughs> we are breaking news here tonight on Musical Osmosis. James and Jimmy, thanks for calling in. But more importantly, James, I want to thank you for making this movie. I don't know if anybody oh, yeah. has thanked you yet. I want to thank you because this was a long time coming. I'm really glad you guys finally did this. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I, I really appreciate that. And, and thanks for having me on your show yeah. here in Tennessee. 
Yay. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> hey, let me start off with this, guys, because this is a running theme in my head when I'm watching this. When you're doing a movie like this and it's taking place 20 years later and you have to evolve these characters and you're going through this writing process, is this a case where you're like, I've got to keep them true to the original um, feeling of the original movie? Or are you like, I have this script. I'm going to write it. If people like it, let the chips fall where they may. I can't be influenced by trying to recapture the magic of the first movie. Uh, well, you know, to be honest, uh, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it would be disingenuous of me to say that, uh, you know, I didn't want to make the fans happy of the first one. On the other hand, I didn't want to just give them something that would be a rehash of something you can see, like SLC Punk, again, if you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I kind of had to get you – know, I, I wanted to make something new. Um and I tried to make something new, and I tried to give a you know new sort of generation, and and, and from a different point of view because I'm older. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I also wanted to um, be true to the fact that it is connected to SLC Punk. So I, you know, we really tried. Although nice. the characters evolved. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about I that because those really characters right, yeah. evolving too. Um, do you feel like you're kind of handicapped right in the sequel because you do have to kind of stay shackled to this universe that you created in the first movie? It was like, yes. It, it, there is a certain amount of um, in, self-enslavement to the material um, and also crowdfunding. You know, we got money from the fans. Right. So suddenly you have like 1,500 executives telling you what they're looking for. <laughs> So, you know, but it's also a struggle to free yourself from that. So, I mean, I felt that I don't. I think we adequately, Jimmy, right? We adequately freed ourselves from the from the first one enough that it doesn't. If you saw the first one and you see this one and you don't like it, you don't say like, but it's you know, miterating on the on the first one. What, right. Yeah, I thought they were stories in their own right. Yeah. I'm sorry. One of the reactions, one of the reactions I've heard quite a bit actually, and it makes me happy to hear that, is them telling me that I didn't have to see the first one to see this one and enjoy it. Although, if you yeah, see yeah, the first one, absolutely, you'll appreciate the second one in a different way. And I thought that was actually rather poignant because it is speaking out to a new generation that didn't see the original SLC Punk, or you know, there's like rebelling is a whole new thing from, so they're just coming into that age of discovery now. And so to kind of have the reactions of new of a new generation, which is what this movie was and is, you know, I thought it was, you know, it was extremely gratifying to hear. It's almost and better have- for the newer generation to see SLC Punk 2 first and then go watch SLC Punk like a prequel, like they're watching a Star Wars franchise, <laughs> right? Because then it's like you're not looking to recapture that feeling for 20 years ago, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I would think that it's a it, – if I had seen SLC Punk when I was 10 years old, um, uh, which you're a little young, man. Where were your parents? <laughs> right. Well, I think yeah. we're closer to your age. Uh, well, to be fair, I was 10 when I snuck in and watched The Exorcist, and I was traumatized by that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if that's your first experience uh, and, and you connect with SLC Punk at, at a younger age and, and – um, in some way, for some reason for, uh, that I, I don't understand, it resonated in a, in a way that it helped some people sort of adjust or, or readjust their philosophy and whatever. Then if you watch the sequel, it's, it, it could either be something that's really beautiful or a complete 
um, betrayal. That's it's going to split down the middle. If you see Punkstead as a younger person now, if you're you know, fifteen, sixteen years old, then there is no. I mean, Punkstead, then there is no SLC Punk. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. And um, let me make this last point, and I'll give it over to Adele here. But I went and I watched the second. I watched the second movie. Um, and I had my fingers crossed. I was like, please don't let them fuck up the franchise like they did with Arrested Development. Like, when they did that on Netflix, I can't watch it anymore. And I was like, thank oh, God. Yeah, new, yeah, Arrested, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. 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 Like, thank you. This is a great movie. Awesome. And then I went back today, and I watched them both back to back. And it oh. had, like, a really good flow going into the sequel. It didn't feel like it skipped a beat. And I just feel like if you're looking at it to recapture the old vibe, that's not what it is. This is a different story, a different entity onto itself, and it's updating you with those characters, and I was glad to see that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah, of course. That was the part of the thing. All right, let me pass it on over to Odell, because I know he wants so to get is, in here. Yeah, this is for both the, both the, the James and the um, uh, and the Jimmy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, like you said, the, you know, the first one came out about 17, 18 years ago. Um, myself, being at that time, I was fresh out of college. I was still pretty heavy into the punk scene. Now I'm a 40, uh, actually, uh, Jimmy, uh, I'm, you're a year and a day older than me, which is pretty cool. I, I when I was taking out your bio. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, brother. Now, oh, no problem. Now that I'm, I'm 42 and a father of three, um, the, I think the beauty, the thing that I got out, the most that I got out of the movie was the fact that I felt for Trish. I felt for the fact that I could see her worrying about her son, even though she did the same type of stuff when she was younger. Um, being that you're older and you're a parent now, and more, and, and the responsibilities and things have changed. Is that was that something that you were were both of you guys? Because even even Jimmy's character, you know, from John the Mod to, you know, uh, the way you sort of grew into a different character there, is that was that something that was intentional or was that just something that sort of happened? Well, I mean, it, as you were doing? Um, from Trisha's point of view, being a single mother, it was always intentional that she would be conflicted about should she be worried about her kid. You know, she wants to be hip, but at the yeah. same time, you know, her, her boyfriend, the, the father of her child, you know, was a drunk and yeah. OD'd as a result of it by accidentally taking Percocet while he was drunk. And the Percocet that he was given was by my John Moss girlfriend at the time. So James and I spoke about it, and really this all does come from James that we'd spoken about before we started shooting. But he had this idea of character of Johnny Jekyll. Of course he's grown into being this dark kind of... He's a black movie. metal guy. Bob Death yeah. is who he is forever. And so he just kind of has to... Way he feels responsible, so he has to kind of look out. He is his uncle. He needs to look out for Ross, and Ross is everything to Johnny as well. And you see how Ross is kind of related like that, in fact, to all the characters as you go into the story, with that kind of remaining the idea, even though we didn't want to, you know, James, of course, didn't write that in the script. You don't need to be that blatant about it, but that's sort of the backstory of everything. So it makes right, right. John to become this darker. Yeah, so like essentially, like John the Mod feels guilty that he may be responsible for the fact that Bob is dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, well that's, coming, that's, that's, that's coming from the first movie. And I'm nice. glad Jimmy called in because, and once again, I'm not just like saying this because you're on the show, but my favorite evolution <laughs> out of all those characters was John the Mod. I think um, Emo Shelley was my favorite new character. 
And the way that these <laughs> yeah. characters evolved and grew, man. <laughs> she was I think great. Were, she was so great. They were great, so. I love, love Jen Jaffe. She's amazing. Yeah. But his yeah. evolution is sort of, I, I mean, I didn't talk about it much, but I mean, it's, yeah, he went from being uh, in SLC Punk and sort of um, ambassador, friends with everybody, and very, like, um, popular guy to, you know, black metal, very dark. And as a result, because I think of this guilt that he had mm-hmm. about, I mean, his, it's his, his friends gave gave Bob the Percocet, so. Right, right. And, and, and lied about it. Well, which one of these characters, James, were the hardest to write for, the original characters? And, and did you want to take them places and then go, oh, well, Sean wouldn't do that and kind of scratch it out? Or was it a really natural evolution for all these original characters? Well, I think the original characters were – that was the most fun writing. Uh, just sort of, I mean, Sean is working for the state senate, still a little bit crazy. Uh, yeah, um, or the gloves or whatever those things are. I mean, I guess I could have pushed it a little bit more, I, but I mean, I just I didn't want it to be unrealistic. John being a heavy metal guy or black metal guy, Norwegian black metal, um, <laughs> that was easy. I, that was fun. And then Trish was hard because she was uh, now a single mother, and and I had to sort of tap mm-hmm. into some and raise this kid who's I mean. Yeah, he's this Victorian goth kid, and 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 Ben Snetzer's an amazing actor, and yeah, it's a really yeah. tough role to do, because um, like I don't, the very few people that are like that, he's like an act, he's anachronistic, you know, he, he's like, I don't know, he's like Oscar Wilde or something, and um, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, the goth girls really actually are really liking him a lot, um, of course, oh, yeah, totally, and then some of the old yeah. people. Punk guys are like, I want to, I want to beat this guy in the face. So, I don't. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how it was initially when the movie started. I was like, this guy is a fool. I was like sitting there and like when, uh, when uh, what's the name was like telling him how much she loved him and everything. He's like, you know, what is love? Love. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I know. But listen, though, I mean, I, and this is what I want to say. I mean, everyone, should, if you're watching the movie, the, the two people he's with are laughing at him the whole fucking time. The whole time. Life. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, as much as he's a romantic, he's also really self-centered. And um, it's, I don't let him get away with being like a crybaby. The guys are like laughing at him. She's right. like, yeah, Penny's first line is like, uh, what, oh, his, his, some girl, what'd she do? Loses, you know, loses eyeliner? You know, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, and, and he's like, shall we? Do the, but he's also so dis- distracted as a person that he's kind, you can kind of get behind him when he goes in and buys the beer and is like totally oblivious to that he needs yeah. to show ID. Yeah. That was one of the greatest scenes in the when he went in there and said, what is ID? I was like, oh my god! And the guy was so stunned that he just, you know, you know what, he what he said, he said, do you have ID? Out. And he's like, yes. He's like, I'm just gonna have to sell it to him. He, that's just. That's Ross being punk rock right there. That was an awesome moment. Yeah. Yeah. You can imagine, like, yeah. You can imagine. How did you? How did you feel about Ross? Wow, not that—that's okay. Not good. 
I don't know. I, I, as a former golf girl, like from high school, I told like on the one hand, I was like, Oh yeah, I like his style. And on the other, I just wanted to smack him and be like, are you stupid? Like really? But you're I, supposed to I, want to smack him and say you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess it was perfect. Hey, yeah, let me ask, it was perfect. Let me ask you Until this. the end when he finally like sticks up for himself and is like, you know. Yeah, and I was like, okay, he's cool. And he takes right. the mushrooms and he's he's having a good time and he's bowling and he you know he's like he's finally yeah he stops weeping over a girl he he knew for a week for a week let yeah. me throw this out here real quick because he said she liked the second movie better than the first I talked to Odell yesterday and he was like I like the second movie better than the first how how do you feel about wow. it when people compare the two and is it surprising? I am when utterly go, unaware that anyone likes the second one more than the first. So you, this is news to me. Now I'm going to have to yeah. take a moment and sort of you know yeah. go like, wow, thank God. No, it was it to be <laughs> honest be with fair. you, it was one of those things. Yeah, it was. It, both movies are great. I actually I watched uh, me and my wife watched SLC Punk Two a couple nights ago together. And she was like, "This is after," and she was a big fan of the first one as well. And um, and we were like, "This is really good." And just just the the the, the plots, the way that there were so many things answered in a simple road trip was amazing to us. Um, uh, Penny, I, I need her soundtrack because the soundtrack she had in her car was incredible. The, the whole drive was awesome. And um, oh, yeah, so it, was, it was almost Granted, two separate movies. Kill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hell yeah. It, was, it was. It was basically. I, I, I told Nick that. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it just as much as the first one, and, and basically it was because yes, you did expound on the characters in the first one, but like you, like Nick was saying earlier, the fact that this movie sort of opened the door for new characters, and those characters were. Real, I mean, Machine Gun Kelly's character was great. I mean, everybody was. Mm-hmm. They really established themselves in this movie, and I thought that that was really, really good. Yeah, well, and to be fair, I mean, like, we're not, like, that. that's like high school to me, like the first one was, and I'm in my mid-30s, so whereas a high schooler movie was cool when I was in high school or right around that age, now it's like, okay, these are grown-ups, and they're still having fun, and they're still, you know, like, Johnny DeMod is, like, just probably my favorite adult in the whole thing. Well, I, I don't know. They're They're all great. But because, yeah. like, I can totally relate to being, you know, wanting to be a cool mom, but still have to be a mom mom because, you know, my my kids are teenagers. So I'm like, okay, I get that. And and I'm horrified at the fact that one of these days one of my kids is going to drink and they're not going to do it in front of me. And I'm like, no, you know, but, um, but no, I mean, it's like I'm an adult. So I kind of am supposed to do some adult-ish things, but I really don't care. I so don't do adult-ish it, things. It Okay, but I was, I was in my twenties when I directed. I was in my twenties when I directed Vessel Suit Punk, so I had. And it was things. perfect for what it was. And okay, really, okay, here's, it was perfect here's, for that age. Let me let me throw this out there. When I was in my twenties, when I directed Vessel Suit Punk, um, mm. I literally made the movie. I didn't think anyone would see it except for the industry, like like my agents and stuff. So mm. you know, I had already made a bunch of movies. I was, I mean, I, my first movie. I was 21 when I. So this was my sixth or seventh movie. And I was, and Jimmy and I already worked together, so this is like something I thought would just like, who's going to care? But I wanted to make this movie because I was tired of seeing 
um, in movies up until that time, other than the really cool ones like Suburbia and Repo yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and mostly, you know, even Terminator, punks were like scary dudes with with switchblades. Yeah, and that's right. how they were portrayed. And I was yeah. like, well, that's bullshit. That's not. That's not at all what I. <laughs> that, that yeah, was really kind of, realistic. No, we're all nerds. So well, those yeah. are the bad guys across the street. Oh, check out the punk. Oh, he's got. Yeah, if, if they're, careful, you know, either they're black and they're gang guys, or they're white yeah. and they're punks. And I was like, yeah, no, right. no, 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 no. So, so I made this movie specifically to say to the to, to the baby boomers, this is what we are. You know, yeah. conflicted, thoughtful so well. individuals. Now, uh, amazingly, when the movie came out, that's not who saw the movie. The, actually, the people who saw the movie were people my generation and younger. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what did I do? <laughs> Because <laughs> well, it started to become like a, a like, a, like a gospel, and I was like, no, yeah. no, 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 it's not that. <laughs> well, it was. I think it was because you made a movie then that was for that age group that said, yeah, this is what a, a typical weekend. Well, I mean, it was like. it was an angry was movie toward older people. That's what it was, right? But it was very yeah. realistic, and I think the reason that, like, for me, I like the the second one better now is because. It's just like the first one was when I was that age. Now I'm a little bit older, and I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense to me because I can totally see my kids doing that crap. You yeah, know, it's well, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, mean, but I, one, I see myself in more of the adults. The first one really we resonated kids. on a real level. Like I said in the um, introduction, I physically, when I dated girls, I would show them that movie second or third day, and it was he a litmus test yeah. to see if they were fucking cool. <laughs> And if they were like, dude, I don't get it. What's wrong with these people? I was like, yeah, I don't. Where can I drop you off? There's a bus station. Right down. <laughs> like this, I can't already know this isn't work. <laughs> so it definitely crossed over. Hey, I will ask you this though. You were talking about the characters. Is it a lot of consideration writing the new characters in relation to the original characters? Are you afraid how they're going to interact? Do you have to kind of bend their characters to interact with each other? Well, I uh, uh, well. I mean, you're talking about the new character. When I wrote Roz, Roz is a character that I wrote 15 years ago for another script. Because in a lot of ways, I was much more like Roz than I am like Steve-O. And and Jimmy can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) That original character is is very, very, you know, very James. And it's also exactly what Roz became in the sequel to SLC Punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, because like, Steve-O is sort of like this of the world is, is me there. being like the ranter, but Roz is is more like how I was when I was seventeen and I was hopelessly romantic and I didn't and, and I didn't think anyone could ever break my heart because I thought philosophically that you know emotions are our uh, um, um, way of trying to give meaning to our lives, therefore meaningless. And then some girl tore out my heart. And then I was bitter, <laughs> you know. And then I realized, no, I have no control over anything, and I just need to live my life. <laughs> well, speaking of Stevo, and I know the fans will be remiss if I don't bring this up. Why is yeah, there no yeah. reference to Stevo and Mark and Mike? Is this just well, okay, out of sight, out that, of though, mind? In, in a twenty-four hour period, for, to refer to guys twenty years later that you haven't seen in twenty years, why would you refer? I, I, why would right. you refer? So I mean, I struggled with that. I was like, why, why, why would they even? It's like I wish Devo were here. Yeah, I mean, like it's just like that was 20 years ago. Those guys left. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But however, I started this whole thing out with a whole other screenplay 
I don't know if Jimmy read it, but it's um, it's it's, 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 Steve, it's Steve-O centric. It, it, it's a whole other movie, and Steve-O oh, yeah, is Steve-O left um, Steve-O, Steve-O left uh, Salt Lake, and he's all over the world. I just you know I mean I have two scripts. One I could afford to make. The other one it's like a five million dollar movie. So mm-hmm. I made this one. Jimmy, when you're coming back, <laughs> let me wedge in here real quick. Jimmy, when you're coming back, does it feel the same when you're interacting with all the old cast members? Does it like no Absolutely. time's even gone by at all? So it was well, like very I mean, organic. It was like there was no time, but at the same time, it's like, oh man, it feels like it's been since only yesterday. Man, you changed. Good to see you. But then when you start <laughs> interacting with you know, on the screen, because you know Devin and I worked together in the first one directly as well. It was just like going. It was just natural and organic as it was the first time around. Right? But I think that has, honestly, a large part of that is due to change in the script. And he really, I think, did justice to our characters and to the next generation. So it's kind of. Is this the first time too. you guys had seen each other since that? Or you guys were originally in the first movie? Oh no, no! I, I, James, I used to live in James's house after that. Yeah, no, Jimmy and I. Oh, we've done. Not, we've done like five movies. That's the other cast members. Oh, okay. like, was that the first time all you guys had really interacted with each other since that first Yeah, movie? I, there was a really great I, day. I, Remember, Jimmy, on that, that first day where, you know, we were all back together, except Michael was never yeah. in, with us. But, but you know, you and, and, and Devin and Sarah, we were all there. That, yeah, that and and that whole day, like the, the, the first day, he was going nuts because we were just laughing the whole time, making jokes. <laughs> that was a great day. That yeah, was, and, 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 and like, the first thing he was like, you're never going to get your day. And I'm like, relax, we'll get our day. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Man. You know, and, and Devin was making all these jokes. I mean, he couldn't stop making jokes. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is incredible. Because by the time he got us all back together, it was like you get this sort of energy that you hadn't felt. And that you only get kind of when you're in that moment. And you only get it when you're around certain types of people. Then you have that. Right. You know, Chemistry and then it creates this explosive oh, yeah, and, energy. And remember, in the, the limo is when we really were laughing because it was like that's then we had Adam Pascal there too, <laughs> and that was a pretty fun time right? in the movie too. So. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a really fun scene actually. And again, you guys got to credit James for that because we were doing that, and I actually had dialogue, a little bit of dialogue where I'd scream at him. Yeah, I said, "Don't James just goes, you should just you should just growl." Well, one thing I am happy about in that movie is that you did kind of go into the different tribes and stuff, too, and that's a running theme in those movies. Is it important to you to kind of point out all those factions and all those different genres and subgenres? I, I always find it interesting, and, and I also find it interesting that we, the, 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 the new generation, though there's there's new punk bands, um, still really love the old ones, and, um, yeah. and and which is really interesting because, okay, what is it now? Twenty sixteen, in two thousand, okay, in eighty six, I liked Minor Threat, right? There you go. Right. Okay, and, and, and Ian and all that, you know, just amazing, okay, straight edge, Brian. punk. Okay, now today, come on, I mean, like, these kids that are 20, 21 years old that were my age then, 18, 17, my age then, love Minor Threat, the old stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and they're totally, like, cutting-edge kids and living a punk, the punk lifestyle or whatever, but... If you think about it, in 86, when I was listening to Minor Threat, if you go back 30 years earlier, 
you're talking about Buddy Holly. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it's kind of weird so like that. If anyone says that music is dead, which I, Punk's Dead is an ironic title, it really refers to the fact that there's a dead punk narrating the movie, the punk is dead. Um, right. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> that stuff lives on as if it's brand new. And yeah. the soundtrack yeah, is really something does. I want to hit on, too, because the soundtrack is very second generation, you know, with Screech and Weasel in there and no effects. As opposed yeah, to, yeah, I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to just get some in Rancid. I wanted to get some '90s bands, but I also got Bowie from the '70s. Yes, yeah, I was like, is that Bowie? Too. That's Bowie. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I said I noticed it in the movie. I was like, wait a minute, is that Bowie? That's Bowie. Yeah. I freaking love that song. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, two <laughs> times. Really and also, because all, all the young dudes, he wrote that and was on the soundtrack for all the young dudes as well. Um, yeah. So I mean, also that soundtrack is like. For a two hundred thousand dollar movie, that soundtrack is impossible. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we our, our sound. I mean, our my producers and Seth and Andrea and um, our sound. I mean, our music supervisors. Really, I don't know how they got that stuff together. I mean, we had oh, to yeah, pay for all that. You got Agent Orange on there, Violent Femmes. You got a bunch yeah. of great acts on there. You got a lot. And, and, yeah. And, and like New Order and Love and Rockets and Joy Division and David Bowie and. Uh, Taco Twins. I mean, these those are some bigger bands than like, you know. I mean, I know Mike Palm and Agent Orange. I know Black Dahlia. He's a, he's an old friend of mine from the Doors. Mm-hmm. I don't know David Bowie. I didn't know David Bowie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and with him awesome. passing, awesome. it even brings you further into it because then you've got that extra little caveat, that little Easter egg there because Bowie yeah. has passed recently. So I think that's a little bit apropos. Yeah, I, I mean, I had no. I mean, yeah, it, but I mean. You know, you put that song, Life um, Life on Mars, right, um, into, into, plug it into any scene that's supposed to be emotional, and you just upped it by a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, it's like, it's, a, he's like he's, it's, it's its own character. You know, like, you're just literally, like, forcing, like, the old days with smell rama If I wanted people to smell roses, I would pump in rose smells. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, one thing that I was thinking when I was checking this movie out is it, I think it's a good thing it was an indie movie. I don't think this movie would have been the same if you had like a $5 million budget. And I'm looking at these reviews on YouTube, and you're actually interacting on the YouTube threads with with the reviewers. There's nothing yeah, more fucking well, I will, I will always that. do that, though. I, that, that's my nature. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was really great. When I was, I'm like, oh, my God, James and like Jenny and all these people are actually interacting yeah. with this Tom Cruise doesn't do that. They do that. That's the difference. Listen, I could have made uh, Deadpool, and I'd still be interacting with uh, as much as I can. I, you know, like I got. And that's what I have to defend myself. I have to defend my honor. I mean, the the running theme was kind of like I didn't capture, and like I talked to you on the phone. People who say I didn't capture the magic of the first. These are the same assholes that go back to seeing the second string of Star Wars movies, and they think they're going to get that filming when they sat down in the theater at 10 years old. And that's it's kind of like trying to happen. capture the magic of Christmas when you were five years old. Yeah. You know, just not, You just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, Odell, I've been fanboying all over these guys, and I'm, I'm like <laughs> taking over all the time, monopolizing all no, the time. No. You go ahead, Odell. No, no, uh, no. This actually uh, is for Jimmy. I know um, you've been in some incredible movies, man, and, and, and some roles that 
that um, I don't even know. It's one of those things where, you know, like, like for example, SLC Punk, Donnie Darko is another one. Even Independence Day, it, it, there's there's this cult following. Do you, do you? I guess when you go for these roles or when you're uh, asked to do these roles, is that something that you would you vision or you imagine that would happen? Um, or no, is it just honest, like, man, no, after it's done, it's like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, not, I don't imagine really. I mean, you kind of just, I mean, the way I was raised doing this, I've been doing it for 25 years now, but the way I was raised and the way I learned was you put everything into the work, and then anything that kind of came out later, you really don't know if, how well it's, you just kind of have to sit and brace yourself, do the best you can and wait and see how it turns out. Um, yeah. I can say when I did Independence Day, I knew it was going to be big by reading the script, but that was the extent of it. I couldn't tell, you know, that still. I, you know, like, I think this is going to be a big movie. I mean, it feels like right. it, but you never—you still can't be sure, you know. Uh, I'm again another movie. I really enjoyed the process, so I would kind of just jump into whatever I got, whatever I was. And the about. Gregor Rocky movies. So that's, you know, <laughs> that's kind of who I learned it from. I learned it. I learned it all from Greg because that's who I started working with when I started. Okay. Back, you know, it was ninety-one, nice. Greg, and uh, yeah, hey. eighteen, fresh out of high school. Are you are you still friends with Rose? Right, you must be. Yeah, uh, Rose, Rose McGowan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she is awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you were in a couple movies with Rose, right, from Gregor Um, We did Doom Generation together, yeah, and she's in Nowhere as well. She's oh, that's great, but yeah. Nowhere, which was nice for her to come down and work for us. <laughs> hey, we've only got a couple <laughs> minutes left, but there's one more thing I want to pick your brain about. Um, it seems like Salt Lake sure. City is actually a character in the movie. Like, the city itself feels like a character to me. Was it important mm-hmm. for you to set this second movie in Salt Lake and not follow their adventures around the world or whatever? Like, how big of a part does Salt Lake play in the actual threat of this movie? In this movie, it's everything. Um, and not just Salt Lake, this, 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 the, the hinterlands of Utah. Um, <laughs> you know, like the rolling hills. I mean, like, in the summer... In a place called Eden, which is in the in the mountains outside of Ogden, um, it's like you know, mother's milk, and you have these urban kids. One looks like Oscar Wilde, two look like crust punks, and they're in a huge gas guzzling Cadillac. And I thought that that sort of would just be like an incredible image, you know? Yeah. <laughs> as if they they're driving through the Shire, you know, and they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it's so the, so the, 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 I, I just because it's all real, you know. And the second thing is that I grew up in Salt Lake City, so I wanted to make a movie. I really wanted to make it. Uh, my, I set out to make another Punk's Dead with Steve-O and I wrote this big script, as I said before, but I couldn't afford to make it. So then I, I took another half a year, a year to write this other one, which is only set in Salt Lake City. And I keep I and I'm claiming it because I you know that's where if I'm going to talk about outsiders and I'm going to talk about goth or punk kids which I was associated with those people um, it's it's natural for me to go back to Salt Lake because that's what I remember the most mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know I can't I mean I'm not, I mean like t- talking about me being you know a alternative sort of punkish kind of goth dude as a director because I was directing at 21 so like I mean that's not that interesting like, I mean I've been directing okay. since then 
so all my purest memories are there. Are people yeah. from your old scene, though, are they coming out for this? Are they saying you've done this scene and you've done Salt Lake City justice? Or are you getting naysayers that are kind of well, like... Actually, the old scene really hated SLC Punk. So I, like, they really? Just, except for my close friends. Wow. They absolutely... They, they said, because I use Steve-O and Bob, and those are real names, but they're not the actual people. They don't reflect the people. Steve-O is based on his name, not the character. Steve-O's name mm-hmm. is inspired by Steven Egerton... From the Descendants. Yes. Yeah. He was a big figure in Salt Lake City. His name was Stevo, and his best friend was Heroin Bob. Who, again, I didn't know them that well. I just, I just liked the names. They were placeholders until I got to Salt Lake, and then I had to like clear the names and everyone. So I got Steve, Stephen Egerton when I was making SLC Punk. Read the first script, said it was fine. In fact, he gave me notes. Um, Bob also, we cleared it with him. So. Afterward, people got so angry, except for those two. They're fine, but everybody else was like, how <laughs> dare you talk about these people in this way? This is exactly – and I'm like, it's not a documentary. Right. It's, and the guys are like, no, it's cool. Personal experiences and also outside of – and they're like, you ruined the good name of the scene of Salt Lake. And I'm like, and I'm like wait oh my a minute. Goodness. Wow. And I'm like, wait, wait. Now, come now. Bef- all I remember – in the late 80s, hearing was, before I went off to school, was you all complained that there was no scene at all. Now you're saying I ruined the good name of the scene that you said before didn't exist. That you've been denying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's good to see people were whining even back then. Good thing there wasn't any Facebook or social media. No, Twitter it was horrible. I know. And, but it doesn't matter because it still occurs. It, it calmed down because I actually tried to make friends with all these people. But, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the, 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 the idea that, of course, there was a scene, there was a punk scene in Salt Lake City, but because of SLC Punk, that scene hasn't tarnished Salt Lake City. It's made people mm-hmm. think, hey, Salt Lake City is not just about Mormons. A lot of people all over the world think punk comes from Salt Lake. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't. Wow. But I mean, I get yeah. it from people yeah. from Hungary or people from, uh, you, you know, I mean, they, they think because of that movie, that's where punk is. People that, go to Salt Lake City to try to find punk when they're tourists. They're trying to find punk. Yeah, I bet you they're surprised when they get there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's only really places. But they actually used to look for Bob's grave. They used to look for, oh my God, I, you know, like, I got these messages all the time. And I was like, ah, guys, it's a fiction. Wow, yeah. and that is fucking mind-blowing. Just some German kid trekking all the way to Salt Lake looking for that scene. That is surreal. That, that happened. Yes, that, def, that exact thing happened. And the other thing that I got from the new movie uh, was that I, I cast uh, MGK, who's a rapper, though he was always he grew up as a punk, but he's a rapper. I got a lot of people saying, like, how can you cast a rapper in a, in a, in a punk movie? And, and I, I said, oh like, God. well... You know, Peter Jackson didn't cast one single hobbit in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right. That's pretty antithetical that's exactly to the right. scene to even say something like that. That's Yeah, bullshit. I know, right? The first, well, because the I, first thing that I think, well, the first thing that I thought when you said that was, isn't that exactly the opposite of what punk is about? I mean, cause like, exactly, yeah. When, where I grew up, everybody, I mean, there wasn't really labels. It was either you were a prep or you weren't. And so all of us got bunched in together, and some people were art kids, and some people, you know, listened to metal, and some people dressed in goth, and some Did people, you, have you know, were just nerds. 
Uh, I don't know what that is, so that's probably not. Hesher's. It's an old. Oh brand. no! Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Tons of potheads. Yeah, I was totally one of those after high school. But I mean, and and nobody cared who you sat with at lunch or whatever. And as I, you know, as I got older, I realized, oh, that is the punk scene. It's like nobody cares. You're still a person. You're still, you know, worth something. And so yeah. for somebody to come out and say that. It's like, doesn't that go exactly to the opposite of who you're supposed to, you know, who you say you are and who you say you're proud to be? Yeah. And, yeah, and it's also weird on top of it. Like, I'm talking about it. Like, okay, you know, Jimmy is Jimmy. Uh, but, you know, Matthew Lillard was in a punk rock. He was not a punk. He was an actor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I cast an actor yeah. in the role. Yeah. A good one. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But I mean, an actor, you know, like not a—he's not a punk rocker. He never was. He never says he was a punk rocker. He's like, I didn't really know much about it. He says I was always more of an acting geek. You know, I mean, he—he's—he owns who you know. He's—he owns it. He's an actor. So yeah, he, okay, he, I he took this. You know, MGK wants to be an actor. He—he he really won me over, and I put him in the role as an actor. He was good. He was excellent. Yeah. Like I said earlier, he was excellent. I was like, man, you know, I didn't even realize it was him. And so I read, you know, saw the credits. I was like, oh, snap. He's got a kind of a rockabilly vibe to him, though, in my opinion, because he's so tall and, like, so, like, skinny and reminds yeah. you of a yeah. sort of a punk rockabilly guy. I don't know why. Yeah. He's, yep. got this, he's got this great explosive energy, too. I remember we were filming the scene where we just get Ross out of the show and, you know, Ross's mom, Sarah's waiting for him and he's kind of so kind of magnanimous. You see it in the movie when you... And that had to be madness, though, right, at that show scene? Because I think I heard in another interview you said there was 2,000 people there and half of them didn't That's even right. know what was going on. So that had to be well, we had We had two madness. nights. The first night we just had 200 people there so we could, like, have a hero band. We call hero band is the band that's playing as, like, our, like, um, oh, hero. How do I explain that, Jimmy? The... It's it's the band that will stop playing for you, and you can you can record as if they're not playing. Right. Okay. If they're playing, okay. they just do the motion, but there's no nothing's coming out. They're kind so they of have dialogue. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to have dialogue. I, I wouldn't be able to edit. You know, I have to <laughs> right, have it. Right. And then the second night, because on Indiegogo we said we'd give you a show. I'm not going to uh, interrupt uh, Screeching Weasel or the Dwarves. They just did the show. So I had a huge mm. crane. Planted a bunch of cameras and another crane, and we just shot. And we shot oh, a show. Wow. I mean, it's a real show. It's a, it's a, you know we I I'm, I couldn't stop that. Even when I put um, uh, Ben Snetzer on the stage, uh, they really wanted to kill him. <laughs> yeah, that, that seemed pretty accurate. I was like, oh, God, that's got to be fake. Really? That was, yeah, that seems right. It's Mick. Um, one night he did it where we had our, our featured extras and all our really great Indiegogo family that were there and, and understood what was going on. But the second night when it was just general audience, it was a real show. We weren't, like, having extras. It was a, we, it was a real show. He got up and did it again. And, man, they were... <laughs> I was like, okay, we got it. <laughs> oh, that was so great. I, I mean, the, the the brutal honesty that he had, and the fact that he thought he was just loving on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I don't oh. care about your redneck, crusty. <laughs> I, I love you. You all are my bitches. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. That was awesome. Hey James, let me.
me end with this because we're running a little bit over. Um, end oh, of the sorry. day, do you feel like this? Oh no, you're cool. I could talk to you all night if you guys had the time. But end of <laughs> no, the day, really, he could. <laughs> like, do you feel like this movie did what it set out to do? I mean, everything that I'm reading, everything I'm seeing, you're getting nothing. Well, I won't say nothing. You're getting a lot and a lot of good vibes and good things said about it. Do you feel pretty good about the outcome of all this? Well, I feel I I. I... I don't know. I always feel like I, you know, I, it, I, I feel that it's a good movie, and I feel like I delivered what I said I was going to deliver. Um, and I, I watch it, and I'm, I'm, I'm entertained, and sometimes even sad. So, yeah. you know, I mean, if it's going to affect me, then, then, you know, I'm the one who did it. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm always a little bit like weird about that question, but yes, I, I. I have yet we there's still time for this movie to to to, to see where it's going to go with 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 in terms of the audiences but as a, you know as a filmmaker you got to let go of that and you got to say like well this is what I did and you know I feel good about it otherwise I wouldn't have put it out I would have said like I would have crushed it right I would have right. shot it mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like I I wouldn't have put my name on that so in that sense, of course, I feel really good about it. I, I mean, when I see it, I'm like, this is, I really am very happy with it. So, I, I, as far as reaction, but you're talking about reactions. Well, right. I only see bad reviews. So, I mean, as a director, it is my, pre, I am pre-programmed with this illness to only look at the bad. Yeah, comments. I know that feeling. I'm programmed the same mm-hmm. way. Okay, right? Mm-hmm, so, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, there could be a page of, you know, 60 reviews, and one kid from Scranton, Pennsylvania says, eh, the, the photography wasn't that good. And I'm like, what is wrong with this person? As long as you don't pull the Jay and Silent Bob and start visiting them and, and, and kicking their ass <laughs> well, <laughs> and finding whoever no, I, I, I No, I respect people's uh, First Amendment rights, but like, <laughs> you, you know, like, I, like, but I still, it still ruins my day. So well, you you yeah, can ask yeah. me like I write for a site, I write for a news site, and I you know the editor didn't catch it. I put Y O U R instead of Y O U apostrophe R E, and like and the I comment thread, you you, you messed up the grammar on that. Yeah, and yeah, the I comment heard. thread annihilated me, and I was like crawled into an emo hole for like three days. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, it was I'm not willing to ever write again. How could I let this slip through the Okay, well, well, then following that, uh, let's just say that I've been in an emo hole for about three weeks now. Aww. <laughs> no. You know what? You, Jimmy, no, you need to go get that. a hug. Oh, <laughs> mental hugs all around. Thank you very much. Mental <laughs> hugs all around. Yeah, because you know what? Screw that. The whole, the whole point of, or at least the whole point that I always learned of punk is to just be you, man. It, it's like, if somebody thinks that's not good enough, screw them. They're not good enough. Well, just thank do you, you and that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy, how did you feel about the evolution of John Namad? Were you happy with the outcome? Were you happy where that character went? How much input did you have like, where that like, character went? Oh, I just played exactly the way James wrote it. Exactly what we talked about. I got to say, the, I, I loved it from. I loved him from the moment I read him. He's natural. Awesome. Awesome. Hi. All right, let's wrap up with this. I am hearing rumors all over the interwebs about SLC Punk 3. I think I heard you in an interview say you want to do one just with Steve, kind of around the world. 
thing going on. Is this happening, or do I have to wait another 18 years it, to well, see that, this? Currently, I don't. I, you know, I'm, I'm still burying this movie, so um, I have to raise all that money. So we're going to see about that. But I don't all see right. anyone that, that would be objecting to it in terms of actors. And, and certainly, if Matthew didn't want to revise the role, though, I he's always been very cool to me. Um, I would never make that movie. Without Matthew, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't do it, you know, because he has been very open to it. If if I can get it done, um, for the for you know in a budget that works. But as I say, like I would never make it. If that would be the only reason why I wouldn't make it. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, I want to thank you guys for calling in. This has been I yeah. never ever would have thought. What almost twenty years ago, sitting around with my friends, drunk watching this movie, that I would be sitting here talking to you guys. So this is beyond mind blowing and a pleasure for me. Um, this, tell is everybody, awesome. this is awesome. This is awesome. I know they can get the movie off Google Play. I know they can get it off Amazon. Where can everybody see this movie? I know you can order it. It just dropped on DVD. iTunes, VOD, um, Amazon, Google Play. Overstock, I just uh, all the everything, and even mm-hmm. Tug. If you want to see it, if you can sponsor it, and you're, you want to see it on a theater, and you get like 50 people to go, you can watch it at the movie theaters. Oh, nice! nice. And anyone can sponsor a Tug screening. You just have to try to, and you make money, some money, if you successfully grab 50 people to come to your screening or 60 or whatever the theater is. Tug will set it up, put the movie out. And you can watch it on the movie. And, and and if you're the one sponsoring it, you could walk away with 150 bucks or something. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm overdoing in Virginia Beach for my birthday this year. There you wow. go. And Jimmy, what's <laughs> your next good. project you got coming up? What are we going to see you in next? Um, recently, well, right now, I just I just worked on a new Anthrax Bloody Boy video that just came out last week. So wow. I really nice. shot that maybe three okay. weeks ago, so... Yeah, you can check that out. They, they pull my lungs out of my back. They give me the traditional blood Pretty awesome. An art of And then uh, I'm getting ready to go shoot movie next week. Uh, Northern California. Playing the town. Okay. <laughs> or maybe something else. I don't want to reveal the rest of it. Cause then, uh, I was going to say, you're a really hard-working dude. Yeah, but he's in like, the, he, Jimmy, aren't you, in a, aren't you playing a serial killer in a movie? That came yeah. out. Um, we're still developing that one. That one actually, uh, something happened, so it got delayed. You know, I was watching Walking Dead the other night, and I was thinking, like, Jimmy would be perfect for Walking Dead. Your personality would fit into that format so well. I wish <laughs> yeah, you, I, like, I, wish I could see you on yeah. Walking Dead. That would be amazing. That would be very cool. You know, Daryl's talked about leaving, so we need somebody to fill that <laughs> void. Go see it and redeem your That's right. All right, good night. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Thank you so much, guys. Okay. Good night, guys. Thanks, guys.
smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.